Tonight, Alex Kurtzman has a long-term plan for Star Trek. We know two actors who aren't in the new Star Wars trilogy. And Paul Rudd asks, who are you going to call on the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight? Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. And here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello everyone and welcome to the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. I'm of course your host Thomas Townley. Uh, to anyone who has just joined us, welcome to the sci-fi edition of Multiverse Tonight. Uh, be sure to subscribe because two days after this episode drops, the comics edition comes your way. Uh, my wife and I had a great time at our booth at the Smallville Con up in Hutch. We gave away a prize box to one lucky winner and gave out cards and flyers. I also got a few interviews with creatives, and I'll be releasing those in an upcoming episode and on our Facebook, so stay tuned. Now, let's go to some Star Trek news. We have a hint of the new Star Trek minisodes that will stream before Season 3 Discovery comes out. One of the shorts will be called Chaos Theory, and will star Ethan Peck and Rebecca Romain reprising their roles as Spock and Number One. So far, no other hints on what the other short treks are called or what this episode will be about, so watch this space. Now, Star Trek Uber producer Alex Kurtzman, speaking with Deadline's Crew Call podcast, revealed he has presented CBS with a 5-10 to ten year plan for the Trek franchise, with the hopes of breeding a new generation of Trekkies. He told the podcast, quote, When I went to CBS and I said, I think you have a universe here that is very underutilized, and a fan base that I think is hungry for a lot more, and I walked them through the plan of what I saw for the next 5-10 to ten years of Trek. Part of it was kind of premised on the idea that it was going to take time. What I said was, don't expect us to put the first thing out and suddenly you have a hundred million new fans. That's not going to happen. Trek's been around for too long for that to happen. But what we do have is new generations and what I can tell you is that Trek in general finds people when they're about between 9 and 12. It's never reached younger than that. It's never tried to. And to me, that's a hugely missed opportunity, especially because what you've really trying to do is influence hearts and minds with really positive messages about who we can be as a species and as people and what our future is. So why not start young, you know? And uh, not for a cynical reason, not because, you know, hey, let's, let's, ma ma let's make some more toys. Because if you really want Star Trek to reach people, then you've got to start young. But we are definitely seeing ju just metric proof that our fan base is growing, and it's quite younger. And yet, we're keeping our current fans, and that's great." Unquote. Now, let me take a moment to kind of unpack that, you know, and say that a new generation of fans is a great idea. Going younger 
is also a great idea. Um, but you do have, you know, and and he's right about the the age range nine nine to twelve year olds, perfect age range. Uh, but you need to make sure that on top of that you don't alienate the the old fans, the one who the ones that started with the original Star Trek or Next Generation or Deep Space Nine, Voyager, etc. So you need to uh, be sure to balance that approach. And make sure you have product that's that's good for both fans. You know those who those mature fans who want a team show, not just something focused around one character. You know, uh, marry. You know, don't don't marry Sue. This don't make us. You know, just have to follow one character, and she's the the end all be all of of the entire series. You want something. That we, we want something that's a cast show. That you get all the cast equally. You know. Anyway. Kurtzman also gave Deadline a progress report on the Star Trek animated show. And uh, that's being created by Nickelodeon. And he said, quote, The Hagman brothers are doing an animated show for Nickelodeon. And that will be entirely different from Lower Decks. I won't announce the name of the Nickelodeon show, but that's a really different show. That's a show that's for kids, younger. Full CG animation, it's going incredibly cinematic. We just started seeing storyboards this week. It looks like, wow, it's on par with Love, Death, and Robots in terms of beauty and lighting and cinema. So it's a really different feel, and Nickelodeon has been wildly supportive, and I think very excited to bring a new energy to TV, you know, in animation, unquote. Now, he also went on to say that the characters will be mostly new ones with, quote, some that you know, unquote. Hmm, some that you know. Well, hmm, interesting. Let's, let's, uh, yeah, I have, I have good feelings towards that. And while we're still on the subject of Alex Kurtzman, he had a lot to say this, this week, so settle in. Uh, Alex gave a progress report on the Section 31 show, saying that it's expected to be in production as soon as Season 3 of Discovery is complete. He told Deadline that Erica Lepold and Bo Yan Kim are starting on the story right now. For influence on the show, he said, quote, We look to shows like Killing Eve, to franchises like Mission Impossible, things that were complicated on a plot level, but also character level. I think it's fun for people to see a show with a protagonist who's entirely unreliable. At the end of the day, she's going to do the right thing, but in the exact wrong way, unquote. You know, I, I, I think that's great. Um, I do have one request, personally. Uh, leave the Star Trek name off of it. Just call it Section 31, or, or something like that. Just leave, you know, Section 31, a Star Trek show. Uh, leave Star Trek off the title because really it's it doesn't fit quite with the rest of Star Trek, you know. It's just it's just not Star Trek is not you know a spy show. But you know that's just my two cents. Now moving on to someone who is not Alex Kurtzman, Michael Chabon has joined the writers' room of Star Trek Picard last fall, and now Deadline reports that the writer has been promoted to executive producer and showrunner of the CBS All Access series. 
Alex Kurtzman, I said we we're going to hear a lot from him, said about the appointment, quote, daring, lyrical, humane, whimsical, celebrated, words that describe both Jean-Luc Picard and the literary genius of Michael Chabon. Despite a laundry list of accomplishments most writers only dream of, Michael shines with a, the heart and soul of a Trekkie who's finally found his dream job. We're so fortunate to have him at the helm as we explore this next chapter in the great captain's life, unquote. Yeah, I kind of had to affect that, that voice there. You know, that does seem, that does come up like a, like a blurb on a dust jacket. Chabon is the best-selling and Pulitzer Prize winning author of the novels The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, Moonglow, Wonder Boys, and the Yiddish Policeman's Union, among others. His screenplays and teleplays include John Carter, Spider-Man 2, Unbelievable, which he wrote with his writing partner and wife, Alette Wildman, as well as the Star Trek short Trek episode Calypso. In addition to the Pulitzer Prize, Chabon has won the Hugo, Nebula, Mythopic, uh, Sidewise and Ignatius Awards, which is Spanish's, which is Spain's Hugo Award, and many others. Now, moving on to someone, moving on to a, a report that does not have Alex Kurtzman uh, quoting. Since news that uh, Quentin Tarantino confirmed that his Trek movie will be rated R with plenty of four-letter words, some Trek fans have been outraged. And, well, now, if they're looking for support from Captain Kirk himself, William Shatner, they're looking at the wrong captain. In response to a tweet asking for his thoughts on the use of expletives in Trek, Shatner replied, quote, Why are people plotting about this? It's my understanding that Star Trek Discovery has used expletives in some episodes. Why aren't people melting down over that? Unquote. Well, well, William... Some actually have, but it seems to be a small part of the fan base. The best advice is, of course, if you don't want to hear bad language and expletives, don't go see it. Now, a little sad news here. Writer and producer Peter Allen Fields has passed away. Peter wrote several episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation Deep Space Nine, including the next-gen episodes Half a Life, Cost of Living and The Inner Light, and DS9 episodes Dax, Duet, Blood Oath, In the Pale Moonlight, and The Dogs of War. He also wrote for other properties, including The Man from Uncle, McCloud, The Six Million Dollar Man, Knight Rider, and Xena, Warrior Princess. Peter Allen Fields was 84. Now, let's go to uh, some Star Wars news. We begin Star Wars news with confirmation from actress Daisy Ridley that she will not be in the new Star Wars trilogy under development by David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. Quote, I mean, I can say I'm not in the new trilogy. No, I think, because Ryan always said if it's the Ryan one or it's the guys that did Game of Thrones, I'm not sure. Whichever one it was, they always said it was going to be a separate story, so I'm not, no. Unquote. However, she did leave the door open that she may return to the Star Wars universe someday. The first movie in, the, in this new trilogy will come out in 2022, with the following movies in 2024 and 2026. 
Another actor not in the new trilogy will be Mark Hamill. However, he will be in this winter's Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. The details about the movie have been kept under wraps, but Mark has confirmed one little detail. At the premiere of the new Child's Play movie, Hamill told the Associated Press quote, I sure hope so. Well, because I had closure in The Last Jedi, the fact that I'm involved in any capacity is only because of the peculiar aspect of the Star Wars mythology where if you're a Jedi, you come get to come back and make a curtain call as a Force ghost, unquote. Hmm. You know, I saw a Force ghost uh, at this past Smallville con. Maybe it was him. So, Anakin, Yoda, Obi-Wan, and Luke. We have now four Force ghosts in the series. Can we get them together to form a band? Ladies and gentlemen, the Force ghosts! I think I see Yoda on drums, of course. Yeah, I really don't see Yoda Yoda with like a bass guitar. That'd be unwieldy. By the way, if you're interested in getting to know Snoke a little better, Marvel Comics has something for you. Star Wars: Age of Resistance: Supreme Leader Snoke Number One, The Devil's Apprentice, by Tom Taylor and artist Leonard Kirk. It'll take you back to the events before The Force Awakens and show you, quote, Supreme Leader Snoke's brutal training of Kylo Ren begins. Will the sadistic Snoke break his torment protege, or has he under underestimated the son of Han and Leia? Unquote. The other comics in the series will focus on Rey, Kylo Ren, and Rose Tico, and they'll all be out in September. Disney Plus Rogue One prequel series, the Rogue One prequel series, will begin production soon. Mexican press outlet El Siglo de Toron spoke with Diego Luna, who told them that he has received scripts for the series. He also told them that he was getting, he was busy getting in physical shape to play the younger version of his character. Quote, the problem is that I have to look younger. It's a prequel with a lot of exercise, organic lettuce. He laughed. Keep, uh, keep me as young and healthy as I can. He had the amount of work that is done is brutal, unquote. The series is supposed to start production in October. No one tell Diego that they have computers that can make him look younger. Shh. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge uh, might be full of actors playing scoundrels, but real scoundrels are walking away with things. The Orange County Register notes that people are keeping things that are supposed to be given back to employees at the park. Found on eBay so far have been Galaxy's Edge maps, the Sporks from Docking Bay 7, coasters from Oga's Cantina, the crew assignment cards for the Smuggler's Run attraction, and other little items. Now Disneyland has stepped up watch for these items and have been more selective about handing these things out. They've even made sure that people aren't walking out of Oga's with the glassware making sure to trade them for a boxed or bagged glass before the patron leaves. So be kind. Don't smuggle and ruin the experience for others. Now, let's go on to the geek news. Gary Doberman is a happy man. Gary, you see, is the screenwriter for It and It Chapter 2, the adaptations that have received praise from the master himself, Stephen King. And in a recent interview with The Hollywood Reporter, he was asked if having King's approval was a weight off his shoulders. He said, quote, I can't explain to you the relief I feel when he signs off on something or likes the work you've done. That's the first person I'm trying to please when I'm adapting these things. 
is an enormous amount of relief. I know I'm never going to be able to please everybody, so I just hope that he's pleased. It really is a huge relief, and everything else is me, for me is a bonus." Unquote. Gary is, working on, is also working on the adaptation of Stephen King's vampire story, Salem's Lot, and promises a similar approach to his take on it that, that he took to adapting it. The Hollywood Reporter announced that the producers of Arrival, Sean Levy, Dan Levine, and Aaron Ryder, have acquired the, the big screen rights to The Message, a sci-fi story by Ken Liu. The story centers around an archaeologist whose job is to investigate and preserve the stories of extinct civilizations on distant planets. He soon discovers he has a teenage daughter, and they explore a mysterious ruin with a cryptic message. Currently, the producers are searching for a director and screenwriter, Liu's uh, work is a hot commodity in Hollywood. His most recent work includes Good Hunting, which was used for a basis as an, of an episode of Netflix Love, Death, and Robots. LeBron James, not really a name I use often on the show, took to Twitter to announce the start of the production on Space Jam 2. King James said, quote, Man, this really just hit me. I'm really shooting Space Jam 2. This is so surreal and doesn't even make sense to me. Where I come from, man, and what I saw growing up, this just doesn't add, add up to me. I'm truly grateful and beyond blessed. This is craziness. Basketball emoji, uh, bunny emoji, ca film camera emoji, crown, blessed uh, pray, praying hands, unquote. Space Jam 2 will star LeBron with fellow NBA stars, Portland Trailblazers Damian Lillard, New Orleans Pelicans Anthony Davis, and Golden State Warriors Clay Thompson. Also joining the squad are Phoenix Mercury's Dana Tarasi and Los Angeles Sparks siblings Chini and Nyoki Ogumike, with Sonequa Martin-Green set to play uh, James's wife. The movie will hit theaters on July 16, 2021. The cast of Ghostbusters 3 is getting larger. Paul Rudd confirmed via a video on Twitter that he will be a part of the film. Rudd will play a small-town teacher in the movie. He joins Carrie Coon, Finn Wolfhard, and McKenna Grace as newcomers to the franchise. And he also joins Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, and Annie Potts, who have all said that they are returning. The as-of-yet-officially-titled film should come out about a year from now, July 10th, 2020. Now, let's take a look at this weekend's box office report. Now, uh, as you see, starting at number 10, let's start there, uh, John Wick th Chapter 3 Parabellum uh, dropped from number 7 to number 10. Uh, Rocket Man went from number 6 to number 9. Child's Play lost 68.6%, going from number 2 to number 8. Avengers Endgame which uh, tried and to uh, break uh, event the Avatar's record with a new re-release, re uh, came in kind of soft. Uh, it came it it but did jump from number thirteen to number seven, adding an additional six million six point one million dollars. That's two that's two hundred seven percent over the previous week. 
Its total gross right now sits at 841889897 At number 6 is Men in Black International, which dropped from number 4. At number 5, The Secret Life of Pets 2 kept its uh, number 5 slot, even though it dropped by about 28.7% over the previous week. Aladdin... Uh, dropped one spot from number four, from uh, number three to number four. Uh, it came in with ten million dollars. Uh, yesterday, the new film Yesterday debuted at number three. Uh, this is the what if the guy wakes up and the Beatles never existed, so he gets to invent all the Beatles songs and stuff. Uh, it raked in seventeen million dollars. Annabelle, the horror film Annabelle Comes Home, debuted at number two with uh, $20 million, uh, bringing its total to $31 million, or bringing its total gross to $31 million, with all the previews and stuff. Now, the number one movie is still Toy Story 4. It brought in an additional $59.7 million, $59 million. Now, that's a drop from the previous from the previous week with 50, uh, 50.6%. So even though it's number one, it lost half the audience. Those those people obviously went went to see Avengers or Annabelle or Yesterday or something else. But uh, so far, this uh, it's brought in two hundred thirty eight point six million dollars. So it's still very good. The overall box office is still very soft. This is not a very big year for uh, the box office. That brings us to the end of our show. And uh, be sure to check us out on all our social media. We're on Twitter at MultiUniverseTom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as MultiverseTom, or Multiverse Tonight, excuse me. And uh, be sure to go over to and contribute some money. Uh, uh, we're, uh, our Patreon and Ko-fi pages you can visit directly from mtpodcast.com as well as, you know, go over and visit multiuniversetonight.com and check out the affiliate marketplace links, uh, the link to our Tee Public store. I got some nice shirts there, uh, some show notes, and so much more. And uh, please, be if you're a subscriber, subscribe to the show, you know. And leave us with some feedback and let us know how we're doing. I'd like to give special thanks to Shane Ivers for our intro music and Lobo Loco for our outro theme uh, theme music. Thanks for watching the sci-fi edition of Multi-Universe Tonight. We'll be back in two days with the comic book edition. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multi-Universe Tonight is a production of Half Big Genre Productions, copyright 2019, all rights reserved.